Hallelujah. Brother Albert, if you could. Uh, just go right ahead. Thank you. I am so aware of us coming together and longing for, in our terminology, we say the presence of God. Listen up. Can I, can I get you, can you get used to this expression from me? Listen up, listen up. And, and, and it's, it's not me, but we, as we were hearing this, as we were worshiping this morning in your presence, Lord, this thought came to me, David, God help me wear the presence of God. Help it to be like clothes to me. And here's what Paul says to the Colossians. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Wear him. And as we were praying for past this morning, I was thinking, God clothe you. Why? So that when, see, see this thing, it was mentioned, uh, Paul or Peter going down into Cornelius' house. Going down into Cornelius' house wasn't going into the solid rock of Jerusalem. If you, mm-hmm. you let me use that expression. It was out on the street. He mm-hmm. went to someone's home. He went to someone's home. And while he was talking, God said it's worthwhile to put the Spirit of God through him into those who were listening. And they received the Holy Ghost. Amen. Do you want it to work like that through you? Amen. I want us to believe that our encounter with God brings it through us while we're speaking and it'll be seen and received. Amen. I'm going to back up a little bit. When we were in Hazleton, we started having Bible study with a young couple. And I'm quite sure they won't mind. Uh, they were still a little bit on that stuff that's so prevalent out here in, in Abbotsford. You know that stuff? Yeah. Okay. And, and, and they said, as I spoke, the word of God came through me and into them to hear, stop it. I was speaking and sharing and testifying to them in their home about being clear-minded so you can pray. She said we weren't able to pray up till that time because we just didn't make sense. But when we saw that, we put that stuff away and God gave us a clear mind to have clear prayer requests for our answers. Amen. See, the Holy Spirit cleanses our mind so he can move through us. And, And... I shared this with Pastor Nelson, that in in Ephesians it says, now his intent was that through the church, and Pastor Nelson emphasized that, that word through to me. And I kind of, what's this about? Yes, through you and I, the Holy Spirit works to others. Isn't that cool? Amen. David, I better quit. (laughs) <laughs> but, but listen up, listen up, David's going to speak and hear the word of the mm. Lord. When you go out there, amen. amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen.
Hallelujah. I received that word, Brother Albert. Hallelujah. Do you receive that today? Wow. Was it good? Was it fun? In God's presence? I was going to do a bunch of commercials today, but we're not going to do that. Um, But I thank everybody for joining me yesterday. We had Wendy's commercials come up. We had Mikey's commercials. We had Geico commercials. We had a lot of commercials. And what I was thinking yesterday, and I wasn't trying to be silly, but it was funny. As I was preparing, I've been preparing all week. I don't just prepare Saturday. My mind is is thinking, and Pastor Nelson, Pastor Daniel, I'm sure Sean is aware of that. When you When you are preparing to preach, your mind is thinking the whole time. Brother Albert probably knows that too. And I came yesterday, I was trying to formulate things, and I was just playing. I was having a good time in God. Okay, I wasn't, I wasn't being foolish, but I was just playing around. God was just having a lot of fun with me. And so I got this crazy idea to have a bunch of commercials. And I'll tell you why. Not so that we can relive the past even though some of them were pretty good. But what I wanted to show you was how people like and will speak for something that they believe in. Somebody that believes in something will speak for it. And some of the commercials, some of the thoughts that come through my mind is, is especially when it comes to cleaning products. And, and people will sit there and all of a sudden they'll go, oh, well, did you hear this? You should try this. You know, Tide and, and, and laundry detergent, I think, is the, the, oh, your child's clothes are dirty. You should try what I've tried. Have you ever seen those commercials where it's like, what are they? And, and they're so, they're not afraid to talk about it. In fact, you and I aren't afraid to talk about it. I've had conversations, and I'm sure just about every single one of you has had conversations with somebody about a product that they like. Come on. Well, you should try these pills. Man, you'll feel energized. You should try Tupperware. And by the way, Ruth is, is, I'm impressed with Ruth. You've got a wife, Jason, that she's a treasure. She's a Proverbs 31 woman. What you need to do is you need to go home and read that to her and tell her that's what you see in her. I'm impressed. She, she works hard. She does a good job. Thank you. Amen. We have, we have products that we're not... Hey, I worked in the steel business. I would try to sell you steel if you wanted to build a wood house. I'd try to tell you how good steel was. And so we talk about things that we believe in. So Brother Albert this morning came to me during worship. And he says, I just want to talk about carrying God's presence. And I thought, well, that's funny. I want to talk about witnessing. So I asked him if he could wait till we get ready to share. Because I think... The word that you had, Albert, fit very much in with what God is saying. He wants us to be witness. He wants us to carry and represent him out there. 
And so I'd like you to turn to Acts chapter 1. Are you ready to receive this morning? Before we go too far that way also, I'd I'd like to thank every one of you for your generosity. Your generosity is amazing. I will never apologize for asking for support for people because I believe those of us who have been blessed, we are blessed to be a blessing. When I see this, and when I think about inviting somebody or giving money to help somebody else come to the banquet... I want to thank you for being generous. I want to thank you for giving up a drink of coffee or giving up something so that you can bless somebody else. You are generous people. I appreciate that and I thank you for that. And I know Pastor Nelson in all the, all the years that we've been pastoring together and, and as he's watched it, I know that his sentiment and Pastor Daniel's sentiment is the same. I want to thank you. Hallelujah. Verse 8, chapter 1 of Acts, verse 8. But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. We've been talking since August, about the authority. God has given you authority. And and in, in the Garden of Eden, when God created man, the first conversation he had with them was he blessed them, and then he told them about what his expectation was and what his, basically, when you look at it, it's actually a command that he gives to them to be fruitful, to multiply, to replenish, fill the earth, to subdue it and have dominion. That is a fivefold command, a fivefold blessing, a fivefold aspect of what you and I are designed and created to be. And then we had the fall. And then you get through and you come all the way to Acts, and Christ, as he is leaving the earth, this is his last conversation he had with them before he left. And he says, you shall receive power. And what he was doing was he was reconnecting back to his original purpose. Because he didn't change his mind. He didn't have a a, a moment where he goes, oh, what did I say? Oh, boy, I shouldn't have said that. No, his words are absolute. His words are pure and his words are clear. And what he spoke at the beginning is what he expects you and I to live right now. And there's an authority that comes from walking in our relationship with Christ and with the power of the Holy Spirit. But there's also an aspect of the authority, but there's also an aspect of power. Those are two different words. Authority referring a lot to influence. If you could dial it down to one word, I would say it's influence. Your authority is your influence. And if you could look at power, and if you would take power and you'd... Dial it down to one word. I would dial it down to the word ability. 
And when you look at those words, they're very much in their definitions and in the structure and in the foundations of those words. God wants you to have influence and God wants you to have ability. Hallelujah. Why does he want that? Why do we need it? Well, I think there's a few reasons I know. I can't do anything without him. That's one reason. But also I see in this passage, it says, you shall be witnesses to me or unto me. It's all about Jesus. It's all about giving him the praise. It's all about lifting him on high. So when you endure something and you are victorious over something, it's not for you to get accolades and patted on the back, although you may get recognized and you may get treated that way. But what you do is you bring glory back to him and you said it's because of him. Paul says, I can do all things through Christ. If you go through the New Testament, you find out instance after instance after instance where the writers are taking something. And it's an amazing aspect of a personal victory, personal triumph, personal uh, success. And yet it's still brought into into respect and into relation to God. And I find it amazing. The more that I'm into God, the more he's into me. And the more I'm into him, the more he's expecting from me. And the more that I worship him, the more he strengthens me. It's, it's an amazing relationship. As we are worshiping today, the, the word that just kept coming to me was the word Power. God wants to give you power. Can you handle it? Are you ready for it? God wants to give you power. In fact, I would suggest to you when I look at the scripture and when I look at the theological aspect of it, you already have the power. The Holy Ghost dwells inside of you. So inside of you is this powder keg of power. This explosiveness of God. This immeasurable magnitude of force. And one of the words is actually force. There's a force. There's a inside of you, resident inside of you, is everything that you need to see things accomplished. So carrying God's presence, every one of us carries his presence everywhere we go. I don't wake up Monday morning and say, oh, I better put on his presence. I carry it with me everywhere. When I go and check in at my job at 8 o'clock in the morning, I don't take the slip, check it in and go, okay, God, you're going to wait till 4.30. I'll see you at 4.30 and uh, maybe I'll meet with you a little bit at lunchtime because I get a half an hour off. But uh, No, we carry his presence everywhere we go. And just like those commercials I mentioned at the beginning, we carry his presence because when people walk around here and they have stained clothes, we can show them the detergent of the Holy Spirit that is like powerful. I'm always amazed, new and improved. 
How many times have they new and improved Tide? I was looking at my operating system a few days on my computer, and it's like the computer's been around 20, 25 years. I know it's been longer than that, but for our own use, 20, 25 years. And how many generations and revolutions has it gone through? Do you know what? I'm still on the first and only God. He's God 1.0. I mean, my operating system on my phone is like 11 point something. And I've only had the phone for like five years. When somebody comes up to you, you can show him the God that is in the Gospels, the God that is in the Word of God, and you can show him the the staining or cleansing power of the Holy Spirit because that's what resides in you. And you can take a 30-second commercial and you can say, you know what I have? Do you know what I've experienced? Do you know what I found? Let me tell you. God 1.0. The same God that created the universe lives and dwells and relates with me. And I can see your struggle and the frustration that you had. You know what? I've struggled and I've had frustrations too. But then I met somebody Who cared enough for me that he died for me. So that I could live victoriously over those things. And you know what? I still run out of gas just like you. But when I do I spend time with him and he just takes care of me. And you can take 30 seconds. And you can be his witness. For 30 seconds. Have you ever thought of doing a 30 second commercial for God? You shall be my witnesses. The aspect of being a witness, I think, is found in the power of the Holy Spirit. You have something that other people crave for. They crave for something that's real. And you can say, you know what? I have a relationship with God and he gives me strength. And you know what? He even talks to me. I mean, I'm sure they've heard voices. You're not talking to a stranger there, but you can say, you know what? I mean, I, I told a guy I'd never met before that I'd pray for him. My wife and I are, are talking to strangers. We've never talked to strangers. I've been, I'm freaked. When I was a kid, I was freaked out. Not just a kid. When I was a young adult, I was freaked out with strangers. But you know what? I've got something. I've got something. It's the power of God. I see them walking with a limp and I'm saying, Lord, do I pray for him? I had this crazy experience about three weeks ago. Don't judge me when I tell you this. You might not be able to stop laughing. But I went to Walmart about three weeks ago on a Saturday night. And, and, and as I'm going, Pastor Nelson, when he goes to 
Tim Hortons to his office, he doesn't just go to his office. When Pastor Nelson goes there, he says, Lord, what are you doing? Can you show me something? If you want to get an exercise in what God is doing, what I'd suggest you do is you call up Pastor Nelson or text him one morning and say, can I meet you at Timmy's? Can you teach me? If you've got time, I'm serious when I say that. Pastor Nelson has been doing this. And, and over the past year and a half or two years, you've mentioned you've had about 18 encounters and counting. 18 encounters and counting of the, and of the God kind. So I went to Walmart. So I told you a few weeks ago about how I met this, or I saw this guy at, at the hospital, and he stared at me long enough that it warranted me talking to him. So I get to Walmart, and I'm saying, Lord, I'm prepared to do what you want to do. <laughs> you better be, when you ask that question and you tell him that, you better be ready. I walk in there, and there's two wheelchairs. With people in them. I start to shake. And I'm saying God. God. What do I do? And I'm trying. I did all my shopping. I came back. I went through the till. And as I'm walking out. The, 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 the girl was in the wheelchair. And the guy beside him. And he kind of looked at me. And our eyes caught. And I'm thinking. Oh Lord. What do I do? My heart was just racing. When, 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 you, when you tell God you're prepared to do something and then he, I mean, it, it's outside of your comfort zone. What do I do? I'm in Walmart. Do I say, yay, thus saith the Lord. What? I left. Okay. I, 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 I want to be honest with you. I left. I got in the car and I'm saying, God, what do I do? Now, I've talked to a, a gentleman who does... Uh, has an amazing gift of healing him and his wife. Uh, they're pastors. In fact, they're coming here in February. Um, and Winona and I and Pastor Nelson and, and Sister Louise, we had the opportunity of having lunch with them and talking with them. And one of the things he said is, is you be careful that your zeal or your gift doesn't get in the way of the spirit. And sometimes we get so zealous and we just want to conquer the world. And it's like God also has a spirit of wisdom. And one of the things I realized, and so I've been, I'm intrigued by miracles. Every miracle I'm reading, I'm reading, what did Jesus do? What was the case? I'm finding out people came to him. And they didn't come to him for prayer. They came to him for healing. There's a difference. They came to him. They were desperate. Some people had lost everything. They'd spent everything. Other people were ostracized. One guy was so short he couldn't see. He climbed up into a tree. He was desperate to see Jesus. They came. They heard where he was and they went there. There's another story or an account in the scriptures where he gets in the boat and people see that he gets in the boat and they actually meet him on the other side. I mean, they were driven. Because I knew he had something different. So I read that and I say, okay, a lot of these people came to him. Well, this guy didn't come. So I'm, I'm talking with God. He didn't come to me, God. I went around the block and I went back <laughs> in a Walmart. And this time they were going through the till. And I walked by and I thought, well, I can't just go from here straight to the till. And the, the. So I walked down. the. God must have been laughing. 
Like, when you get to heaven, you can ask him for the DVD on David walking through Walmart. I mean, because I'm sure he does all the voiceovers, too, and stuff like that. I mean, I can't just walk. And I couldn't stand at the front door like this, wait till the guy came. So I had to do something. Have you ever had those conversations with God? Now, I'm learning something here, and I'm trying to teach you something. I'm learning how to take steps. And this, this is outside of David's comfort zone. This is outside of my bubble. My bubble is pretty much as far as my hands can reach. It's my personal space. But I want to see God moving. And when I see somebody ill or sick, I'm not happy with that. My wife has just spent three years battling something. She's over it. God has healed her. That's what I believe. The doctor's report told her not to worry about it. She may tell you more. But what I'm telling you is, I know what it's like three years battling. I know what it's like to go to the hospital five times and sit in our glorious emergency rooms. And God, I'm thankful for them. But I'm glad there's a God who works and heals a whole lot better than that. I don't have to wait eight hours. I mean, we get up at six in the morning and our day was planned. Hospital. I know the frustrations she had. So I can understand when somebody's in pain. I've been there as a husband and I'm not satisfied to see that continue. So I'm going, Lord, what is going on? How are you doing things? What is happening? So I see this person in Walmart. Lord, help me. So I walk down the aisle. I think I can't just stand at the front door. I, I, I know I'd probably assault him. And I hope they don't have pepper spray or something. <laughs> so I walk down the produce aisle, turn around, walk out. Get back in my car, and then I'm sitting in the thing, and I start the car, and I'm sitting there waiting for a few minutes. I say, God, if you want me to do this, can you have them look at me? Well, they started walking by, and I drove by. They didn't look. Do you know what? I did not pray for him or her. I'm not going to beat myself up because I'm learning. I'm learning. But what I found in that was like, you start looking for things and you will see them. You say, God, I'm prepared to pray for somebody and he'll say, ha ha, fun time. How many wheelchairs do you want, David? You know, when you buy a new car and nobody's got the vehicle you got, you drive out the driveway and all of a sudden everybody's got the vehicle you've got. Your eyes change. You ask God, you say, God, I will pray for anybody. And all of a sudden, everybody's there. You say, I just wanted one. And he says, yeah, I've got a lot. It takes an ability to understand and to hear him. But what I want you to see from all this is, are you prepared to be a witness for him? I've asked him to forgive me, by the way. And I'm careful the next time I go to Walmart. Come on, you can smile. You can smile and laugh at me. That's fine. I'm used to it. 
But the word of God says, you shall be my witnesses. And what makes you the witness is the power of the Holy Ghost. There is something that happens when God comes upon you that changes you, transforms you, and makes you into his image. And all of a sudden, things about you are different. I have overcome things. I've overcome this. I've done this. I have seen God work through me. And by the way, when you hear testimonies in the word of God, they always point to Christ. They don't point to the individual. Paul may have shared his testimony when he was sharing it to reveal Christ. I want to I just challenge you today. Are you prepared to be a witness? And I'm not going to ask you to close your eyes and say, Lord, I'll pray for a wheelchair because that will freak you out. But I want to challenge you today. The power of God is a differentiating power. It's a big word that just means it's different. It differentiates from other things. The power of God that resides inside of you is a power that is different than what the world is screaming for and crying for and yearning for. And it says in Acts 1.8, you shall receive power. I expect, I, I'm looking at people and I'm expecting healings. I heard one guy say, don't say I'm going for healing, saying I am healed. There's terminology. Sheila, you're healed. You're healed. You're not going to be healed. You're healed. So this week, the word that's been flying around me is witness. And I don't believe God's brought us here by accident. God in his plan and in his wisdom is bringing us to a place and he's bringing us and he's leading us and he's directing us. I'm expecting, I'll share with you for a minute, I'm expecting every chair in this building to be full. There's been a prophetic word that we're going to have tables lined up with people in the gym. And you can say, well, what does that look like? All I know is that tells me that people are going to be expecting a miracle. This pastor that we talked with, he went, he has 50% average in the church that gets healed, up to 80% of non-believers. He doesn't go for nothing, he goes for everything. You're going to love him when he comes, him and his wife. But God is taking us somewhere, and this week, I believe, in a, and Albert as God was moving on you this morning, I appreciate your obedience to him. You carry his presence. You don't have to be anybody other than who you are. Jesus used the 12 disciples the way they were. His power came upon them. And if you read the scriptures and you follow them, the point when the Holy Spirit comes upon them in Acts is that there's a whole lot of difference after Acts than there is before that. 
Before that, they were fighting for position. Before that, they were clamoring. Before that, they were arguing who was going to be greatest. After that, they were just concerned about God. You shall be my witnesses. Pastor Nels? Do, do you want to... You don't have to just tell me. You should know this drill. Not too long ago, I was at a church. Louise and I were at a church in Seattle, and they're down to about eight people, and they've been devastated and so on. And, and I, I preached, I think, on the covenant of the sanctuary, and we got to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit just poured out on them. And the Lord said to me, take your jacket off and put it on this lady. I don't normally do this. So I took my jacket off, and I said to the pastor, I don't know what's going to happen, but just watch this. And I just put it on her. And she hit the deck. They touched the hem of Jesus' garment. Mm. When you're clothed with power, you're clothed with power. Yeah. Now, I, w- I don't just go around doing that. The Lord asked me to do it, and I obeyed him. That's why it works. But we have to realize that being clothed means you're clothed. And uh, when, they, when, uh, when the disciples were asked to go across the water to the other side, and they had that storm, and you know, Peter walked on the water, and he sank, Jesus pulled him up, and da-da-da. the most important part of that whole story is what happened when they got to the other side. When they got to the other side, people came and they said to Jesus, just let us touch the hem of your garment, and we will be healed. And in the Amplified, it says, and everybody who came and touched his garment were healed. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Clothed with the anointing. If you've got time this week, I, I want to close. There's a phrase, and I have four verses. I'll give you the verses I'd love for you to, to check them out. One, two, three, four, five verses. In Luke seven eighteen to 23, if you want to write that down, and write down the word seen and heard. Seen and heard. I want to encourage you to read these passages because when you are a witness, what you are is you are testifying of something that you have seen and something that you've heard. When you're a witness, you are testifying of something you have experienced. And just like I use the example of these crazy commercials, but what they do is this is what I've experienced. So Luke 7, 18 to 23. And don't uh, look for the word seen and heard, but then see how it's embedded in that passage. John 3, 32 to 34. That is an amazing passage. That's a passage that says the spirit is without measure. (laughs) That's what you've got. Try to measure that. Acts 4.20. Peter and John. They said, we can't say anything except what we've seen and heard. Acts 4.20. Acts 22.15. Acts twenty two fifteen, and this is an account that Paul has of his conversion and, and Ananias prophesying and speaking over him. And he says, you're only going to speak what you've seen and heard. 
the power of God. We need a power encounter of God that differentiates and causes something to happen in my life so that when people come around me, I can say, this is what I've seen, this is what I've heard, this is what I know. You don't have to be lonely anymore. You don't have to live with that cripple or with that crutch. You don't have to stay in that wheelchair because I've seen and heard and I know the power of God in my life and I'm his witness. That's what I'm expecting. And then in 1 John 1 verses 1 to 4, he talks about that which we have seen He even says that's what we've handled with our hands. We've heard. I'd encourage you to read those five passages of scripture. And as you read them, ask God to make them alive. And to see the witness, what it was for them to witness. You witness what you see and hear. So for me, David Stuneberg, I'll make it personal. I have seen healing. I'm going to witness of that. I've seen prosperity and blessing. I will never stop talking about that. I've seen deliverance. I will never stop talking about that. What I've seen and what I've heard. I've heard testimonies from you. And that's what I will portray and I will stand up and I will testify and I will carry his presence with me where I go. Hallelujah. Anybody want to go shopping at Walmart? The power of God isn't just for inside of here. In fact, the power of God inside of here is amazing. It's it's powerful. It's great. But it would be a shame if it didn't get past those doors. That's not what we're here for. I've invited people that are not saved to our Christmas banquet. I don't know if they're coming. But I believe... I've got something they need. And I'm saying, Lord, I'll be your witness. Because your power has come upon me. And his power differentiates. It's different than what everybody else experiences. Hallelujah. Do you receive that this morning? We've been spending a lot of time on authority, on power. I don't think it's by chance. I don't think it's by accident. I think it's by God. We are on the cusp. We're actually walking through the door. We're not, we are actually experiencing it now. It's not in the future. It's now. We sometimes look ahead. I'm looking right here. This is now. My wife's healing now. Sheila, you're healing now. Olivia's knee. It's now. In fact, it was past. It's happened already. 
I see some great things ahead, but there's some fun days now. Can I pray for you? I'm going to ask God for his power of his Holy Spirit to come upon you because it's not what you can do, it's what he does. It's his power that makes you bold. It's his power that takes what you have and transforms it into what he can do. So if you want to receive that, if you want to agree with me this morning, if you want to identify with witnessing, all I'm going to ask you to do is just raise your hands, open them up to receive. And then I'll put words into your mouth. And I'd like you to pray with me. Pray over yourself. Pray over your family. Heavenly Father, I want to be your witness. Help me, because I might freak out. But Lord, you give me a power that is different. And so can I see that in the simple things that I do? And that I can be your witness to a world that needs you. And above all else, help me, Lord. In your precious name, amen. God bless you. Have a crazy week.